0: Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights Podcast Series. I'm Craig Valenzuela, Managing Director for Global Business Development, and each week we invite listeners to take 10 and get the latest economic insights from our in-house economics team. And good morning to a chilly Brisbane, Mr. Matthew Peter. Yes, good morning
1: from up here. I'd just be as, as well served being down at Melbourne, I think, at the moment
0: all about the woolly jumper today, mate. Uh, Matthew, I thought that we could start overseas, not because it's warmer over there, but because there's been some financial market activity. Financial markets absorbed a change in tone by the US Federal Reserve this week as the Fed upgraded dot plot cash rate projections, Matthew. What were the key insights that we should be aware of?
1: Yeah, well, that's right, Craig. The federal... Open Market Committee, the FOMC, the Fed's committee responsible for monetary policy, met this week. And although they uh, didn't make a change to the Fed funds rate, that's the overnight interest rate set by the Fed, they did change their projections of where the rate would be out to 2023. That's the so-called Fed dot plots that you referred to there, Craig. Prior to this week's meeting. Fed was projecting no change from the 0.1% Fed funds rate currently in place right out to uh, the end of 2023. That's the last year of the projections. Now, in the latest projection, they're now projecting two 25 basis point rate hikes uh, by the end of 2023. That would take the Fed funds rate from 0.1% to uh, 0.6%.
0: Now, Matthew, we're at a very low point here in terms of cash rates. So, whilst normally 225 basis point changes wouldn't be seen as significant, obviously, under the current situation, it's huge. Did it take markets by surprise?
1: Yeah, it was significant and one that markets weren't anticipating. Uh, the US bonds, for example, sold off in the hours after the meeting with the yield on that US. 10-year Treasury spiking by 10 basis points, so that is a big move in a fairly short period of time. However, overnight, what we have seen is yields have unwound, uh, much of yesterday's sell-off, and they're currently trading at just three basis points higher than the rate that they were at uh, pre-the FOMC meeting, and uh, yields are sitting around about 1.5% on the 10-year Treasury at the moment, which is still a pretty low interest rate.
0: Yeah, it takes a lot to shock the markets these days. Matthew, what led to the Fed's change in that rate outlook?
1: Well, Craig, the clue there is the other projections that the Fed provides with their dot plot. So along with the Fed funds projections, the Fed also provides projections or dot plots of economic growth, inflation and unemployment. And here there were significant upgrades to year ended 2021 growth and inflation projections. So for example, GDP growth, US GDP growth was revised by the Fed up from a year ended rate of 6.5% back in their March meeting to 7% currently core inflation which is central to the Fed's uh, policy making, of course, was revised up by 80 basis points in 2021 from 2.2% to 3%, largely as the very strong inflation outturns that we've seen recently, Craig, in April and May were incorporated into their forecasts. Beyond 2021, however, the changes to the forecast were minor, with both growth and inflation upgraded by about two basis points over the 2022 2023 period. Now, What's really significant, Craig, are the changes to the employment forecast. So core inflation, according to these forecasts, will have averaged 2.4 percent over the period 2021 to 2023. Now, that aligns with the Fed's criteria for rate hikes, being that core inflation must average above the Fed target rate of 2 percent over the three coming years. So that's really uh, the crux of it. It's sort of saying that the Fed now believes that its inflation criteria for rate hikes is being met. However, I wouldn't be an economist without saying, on the one hand, this, on the <clears one throat> other hand, that, and uh, and also good old Jerome Powell's a bit like that. So in his press conference following the FOMC meeting, the Fed Chair, Jerome Powell, was at pains to downplay the importance of the dot plots, saying that they should be taken with a grain of salt. So, dear old Fed, you know they're continuing the somewhat confusing guidance that the dot plots have been causing of late. I think, Craig.
0: You're listening to Craig Balanswaler and QIC's Take Ten podcast, where our chief economist, Dr. Matthew Peter, is taking us through the latest central bank positioning that's shaping your investment outlook. Matthew, we're going to keep you on the definitive road here. We will let you sit on the fence. The sell-off in the US bonds yesterday reverberated around the world, including our market here in Australia, which got its own shock yesterday with the release of the May labour market data. So Matthew, did you see this employment print coming? Well, uh, thanks for pointing
1: that out, Craig. No, I didn't. Uh, Our forecast was for a uh, lifting jobs of 25,000. The median forecast is contributing to Bloomberg, median was 30,000 and the high ball was 60,000. Now the outturn, Craig, turned out to be 115,000. So anyway, look, on the brighter side, we still are number one on the Bloomberg rankings of forecasters of uh, jobs growth, which unfortunately I think says more about our professions as economists' ability to forecast jobs growth more than how accurate we are at QIC, but anyway, Yes, our our 10-year Australian Government bonds did sell off yesterday, uh, as you said, and on the open, um, yields rose by 10 basis points, dragged higher by the Fed meeting. They drifted lower in the morning until the release of the jobs data, and that saw another sell-off, but relatively mild given the data, with yields rising by just uh, three basis points, actually, in response to the jobs data.
0: Good for you, Matthew, and your honesty there. And yet we still had a rather dovish speech yesterday by the RBA. I think Governor Lowe was up in Toowoomba providing an update. Yeah, that's right. And uh, apart from
1: a somewhat nerdish display of his knowledge as a child of the size of Toowoomba, he did emphasise again the lack of wage growth and reiterated a rather sanguine view of inflation in Australia. But of course, his speech was written prior to the release of the jobs data.
0: Okay. So then what probability would you now place, Matthew, that this latest labour market data that's come out will start to change Governor Lowe and the RBA's stance?
1: Well, it has to, I think, Craig. The, the labour market data also saw the unemployment rate fall to 5.1%. That's back to the pre-pandemic level uh, that we saw in February of last year. And at, at this pace, we'll finish the year with an unemployment rate around 4.5%, which would be close to the RBA's full employment rate of being in the low 4%. But we're also seeing stronger growth generally in the economy. What we're not seeing yet, unlike in the US, is uh, unexpected rises in inflation. So our inflation print, our latest inflation print, which is the March quarter, showed CPI rising at an annual pace of just 1.1%. Wage growth, a mere 1.5%. Now, we do know that inflation will be spiking higher over the June quarter with the RBA and ourselves expecting the annual inflation rate to lift above 3%. But even with an expectation that the inflation spikes are temporary, which is the RBA stance, the RBA, I think, will be forced to uh, change their policy stance and take a less dovish approach.
0: You're listening to Craig Valenzuela and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where our chief economist, Dr. Matthew Peter, is taking us through the latest central bank positioning that's shaping your investment outlook. Matthew, it sounds like the RBA might also be contemplating whether to start to push out that yield curve control on the three-year bonds from April to November 2023, and possibly also whether to bring forward their guidance for the first time in that hike in the cash rate. So, Matthew, with this later data impact, what are we likely to see from the RBA in the next monetary policy meeting? Yeah, Craig. Well, the recent data has
1: to bring the current cash rate guidance of the RBA that they won't tighten until 2024 into question with the strong probability that the first rate hike will be brought forward into at least into 2023. Therefore, with the first rate hike sometime in 2023, uh, the RBA can't push out the target date of the three-year bond yield tie down to
0: November. It has to leave it at April. Got it. Matthew, similarly, the RBA must also, one would assume, have to make a decision on whether to extend their bond purchasing program, which you previously mentioned, ends this September. So what's your prediction? What will they do?
1: Well, the RBA themselves have articulated uh, three possibilities. Uh, The first is extending the current $100 billion bond purchase program for another six months. The second is scaling back the amount purchased or spreading the purchases over a longer period. And the third is a more frequent review of bond purchases, perhaps monthly or at each board meeting of the RBA, and having those bond purchases variable driven by the data. Now, what do I think? I think they will go for option two and commit to scaling back the amount of bond purchases either to $50 billion or $75 billion over a 12-month period. I think option one, extending the program as is, is no longer justified given the pace of the recovery, and it would put us out of step with central banks around the world that will be tapering over 2022. And option three, I don't think is a, a goer, mainly because it runs the risk of of being a, a destabilising policy for financial markets. as. If you're going to have a policy that is purely driven by short run data, you then have the policy being at risk of being whipsawed by what is likely to be ongoing volatility, inflation and growth data over the coming 12 to 18 months.
0: Matthew, I can't let you go without getting your thoughts on what this all means for investors.
1: Although remaining cautious, central banks are preparing markets for tighter monetary policy with rate hikes coming earlier than banks' previous guidance. This is going to be bad news for bond valuations, uh, particularly around the three to five year maturities. If the current inflation spike does, however, prove to be transient, then the rise in nominal bond yields will be due to a rise in in real bond yields, in which case linkers are also under threat. Uh, If central banks can pull off their glide path to QE tapering and be able to have a gradual rise in rate hikes, Then I think the threat to risk assets is low. The negative impact of rising interest rates in that scenario would I expect to be offset by robust earnings growth. And finally, with currencies, I think I'd be nervous, Craig, if I was short the US dollar at the moment or long the LZ dollar.
0: It's not often that we get to say the markets were caught out by a central bank, but the FOMC's dot plot update did exactly that overnight, moving the bond markets, at least initially. And similarly, a shock positive employment result in Australia that more than doubled the upper end estimates caught many by surprise locally. A result, I should also point out, which was largely driven by a spike in full-time women entering the Australian workforce. Will our strong employment growth through the RBA change its established stance? Or will our slow vaccination rollout and renewed border controls as the Delta strain continues to affect Australia's east coast maintain the RBA's present stance? I'm Craig Balansweather for QPod. Thank you for listening and have a super weekend.